You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome in to DMVR Fantasy Live. I'm Henry Chisholm. This is Andre Simone. And at the producer's desk is uh, Guy Casavan. Uh, This show is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. You can uh, see right there. Uh, That is the number one rated uh, sportsbook app in the United States. If you haven't jumped on there yet, it's time to do it. Uh, The Nuggets are about to win big tonight. Don't blow your chance to make a whole bunch of money on my guy Jamal Murray. Okay, Uh, the plan for today is to go through the receivers and what you should be thinking heading into your fantasy draft. But before we get into that, there is some news that we have to talk about, starting with Leonard Fournette being released. Uh, We had him, you know, maybe not all of us super high on our boards, but that was one of the running backs that we were all looking at uh, bringing in. Uh, Guy, do you have any thoughts about uh, what's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> Someone get me a plate, a knife, and a fork. I'm going to have to eat some crow on this one, unfortunately. Season uh, I mean, hasn't started even. Oh, wow. man. Yeah. Let's let's just be clear on something, though. <laughs> Him being cut doesn't mean he's not going to play this season. No. He's going mm-hmm. to end up on a team uh, that is yet to be determined, obviously. And where he's valued after that, uh, it's just dictated by where he ends up. Um, totally. My top two guesses as of right now, I mean, there's been a lot of buzz to the Bucks. And uh, the Jets, we already know, we're trying to make a move at uh, running back there as well when Kalen mm-hmm. Ballage uh, fell through, however you pronounce that, Ballage. Yeah, um, so they're a very real option there. If he ends up on the Jets, I want absolutely nothing to do with him uh, because he's going to be competing with Le'Veon Bell. And to be Frank honest... Frank Gore. Uh, yeah, Frank Gore. <laughs> uh, I mean, Michael Perrine is hurt, so that's one yep. less amount to feed. Just but at the same hurt, time, yeah. Adam Gase is just like a black hole for offensive stability, so... I really don't want anything to do with that team now. Yep. Um, you just hope he doesn't land in a backfield of a guy you do like. Like yeah, I was, yeah, I was messing yeah. with you and saying, "Hey, watch, he'll go to the Chiefs and completely ruin Clyde edwards hilaire's value." <laughs> please don't, please um, don't say that. No, they I mean, and the Bucks. I like Ronald Jones, but he goes to the Bucks. Ronald Jones, I don't think he's ever breaking out. You nope. know, like yeah. So he's a massive landline. I mean, you you kind of hope he does not go to a lot of franchise. He goes to the Eagles, where I think he could do his Jay Ajayi thing quite yeah. well. Dude, Miles Sanders' stock would plummet if that happened. So, yeah, Leonard Fournette is huge news. Um, on the running back front, I mean, it's crazy. We're three episodes in, and we already got to talk about news. And the other one's Alvin Kamara. Yep. 
I mean, and that's an ugly situation. For those of you who haven't heard, uh, he hasn't been going to practice uh, because he's un unhappy with his contract situation. Yeah. Uh, he is heading into the rookie year of his deal. He was, what, a fifth-round pick? So he's really not, get not getting paid much mm -hmm. money. And the problem right now is that the Saints just don't have any money to give. I mean, they're already Strapped. $37 million above the cap next season. Uh, if, if Drew Brees does decide to retire, $15 million comes off of that. But still, they have to make cuts. This was that huge rookie class everybody was so high on, and for good reason. They're right there in the Super Bowl mix. But right now, the only outcomes I see are Alvin Kamara says, you know what? I'm going to go play football without a new contract. He says, nope, I'm not going to. And he ends up uh, sitting out the entire season. Or the Saints trade him, which is on the table, according to the reports today. And those are really the three options uh, because the Saints do not have the option to give him any money. Yeah, I'd just be reluctant to use a top five pick on him right now. Yep. If so you have, much of his value is tied to being in that offense. I mean, that's that's just the key for Kamar. So. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it's, a, it's a rough situation. Um, and, of course, you can stay tuned to this podcast, and we'll keep you up to date on the situations with Kamar and Fournette. News, though, please? Good news. Yeah. Uh, Jamal Murray's about to win this game tonight. Yeah, there's that. But also, uh, Mixon just signed a long-term deal yeah. with the uh, Bengals. So that's a guy that I was low on because I knew that going into the season, uh, he might be a potential holdout candidate. Now that that's disappeared, we can move him a little bit further up the rankings, um, what with other guys sliding down a little bit further. So uh, you can mm -hmm. feel a little bit more confident uh, picking up Mixon, even though... That is an offense with a lot of mouths to feed. Um, yeah. I mean, the only way for them to go is up with how bad they were last year. So I think it gives you a lot more confidence drafting Mixon at this point. Yep. Okay, let's jump into the uh, receivers because we uh, have a lot to talk about I today. Mean, there are so many. There are so many and You'll so many good ones. close to 50 probably drafted in your league, you know, like a 12-team league. 50 seems um, pretty, pretty good. And... We've talked about our strategies with trying to target running backs first. That's because there's such depth. Yeah, there's so much talent at this position. We could take five episodes. We still wouldn't cover all the wide receivers. So in finding how to split that up, we wanted to kind of address our guys specifically, guys that we are targeting, guys that we feel good about compared to where they stack up with the ADP, which is really how... Uh, how your leagues will be drafting. A lot of teams will be going off that ADP board. So you kind of got to be aware of who you want to target and when and where you want to target them. Yeah, so just running through this ADP. So number one overall, Michael Thomas. Uh, number two, Devontae Adams. Number three, Tyreek Hill. Number four, Julio Jones. Number five, DeAndre Hopkins. Um, we'll just start with that top five, yeah? Yep, exactly. So in that top five, are there any guys who you don't like? I've Great. seen Hopkins as high as second yeah. on some ADPs yep. like ESPNs. I do not buy it. Um, he'll he's not like a perfect fit in that system. That's going to be a lot of four wide a, a, attacking the the slot spots. Especially, I think Christian Kirk could have a sneaky good year. Um, and look in this offense, I think Hopkins can perform the way a CD Lamb performed in a similar air raid offense at Oklahoma. I just don't think like the projections that are projecting him to have like 140 targets. I'm reluctant to buy that. I think it's going to be more in that 90 to 110. There's quite a few mouths to feed in that offense. And there are a lot of unknowns. Um, you know, as we've said, with those top two rounds, you're really more trying to play it safe 
not strike out. I'd rather hit a double than hit a home run in the top two rounds. Mm -hmm. um, and so with that in mind, I'm trying to be a little safer and I'm staying away hop from Hopkins. I agree. I agree. Uh, he scares me. I, I do think, uh, you know, I, I was pretty firm in my belief just a few months ago that he was the best receiver in the NFL. That is such a tough discussion to come to a conclusion on. I still think he's very much in that conversation, but he's going to play with a second-year quarterback in a fairly new scheme that we really haven't seen or we haven't seen have success at the NFL level in that air raid with mm -hmm. Cliffs Kingsbury, mm -hmm. a coach who hasn't done anything at the NFL level anyway. Uh, I, I have a whole lot of questions about this offense, and I'm just kind of scared buying into it, especially when we know, uh, you know, I was going to save this staff for later when we're talking about some other guys, but... The Cardinals had three or no four or five receivers on the field 33% of the time last year. That's the most in the NFL, four or five yep. receivers. Yep. That means that the ball's going to get spread around to a bunch of different guys there. And that's scary when you're trying to consider bringing in a receiver in the first round of a draft. It's just not worth it. Especially on an offense that I think maximizes guys that get open at the top of their routes that's not hopkins's game mm -hmm. so do you have anyone that you don't like on the top five adp uh deandre hopkins so we had that discussion guy do you have anybody you want to talk about yeah tyree kill is an easy one for me um i feel yeah. like he's way too boomer bust for a guy that's going in the first round i see i mean there's a lot of people that they'll see those big numbers those like 40 50 point games uh, they'll get stars in their eyes, and they'll think this is going to win me my league. Oh yeah. But then he has so many weeks where he just disappears. He's also got some of an injury history, and uh, I mean he's only getting older. Um, he's already been battling a couple injuries before the season's even started. Um, and then to be honest, I just, I mean he is a big part of that offense, but in my eyes, the number one wide receiver for the Chiefs right now is actually Travis Kelsey, not Tyreek Hill. I think if you want a guy with consistency but still potential for big boom games but with a high floor that's travis kelsey man whereas tyreek hill he's gonna win you weeks but he's also really gonna lose you weeks and i yep. mean yep. you're going to get your weeks one with travis kelsey as well it's just a matter of like are you trying to just beat the crap out of your opponent or are you just trying to win the game so i mean right. if you want like 200 point weeks sure pick up tyreek hill but if you want to make the playoffs win championships, Ty, uh, Travis Kelsey's going to be yeah. a better bet in that sense. Yeah, he's, he, we use the term boom or bust, feast or famine's another term I've heard. You know, those guys that give you 61 weeks, seven points the next. And Guy points out, makes a really good point. Key to that offense, but sometimes as a decoy. And that's not going to translate in mm -hmm. fantasy. You know, mm -hmm. there's no statistic for how many times did you get doubled by the safety and open up room for your fellow wide receivers, tight ends, and running backs. So I think that's a good point. Um yeah, I, I would draft Kelsey ahead of Tyreek Hill as well. So, um, th man, after the top two, hard to find safe guys to really. I think Julio Jones you know, is underrated as a safe guy, to be honest. I mean, I, w I agree with you 100%. He lacked like the touchdowns last year, but that's yes. a stat that's yes. uh, due for positive regression. And even without those touchdowns, he was still getting so many receptions, so many yards, and he's such a threat to, you know, break those big plays that that's a guy that you'd love to have on your team if, you know, those running backs in the top, I'd say like, you know, three tiers mm -hmm. are uh, pretty exhausted by then. Then you can turn to somebody like Julio Jones and still feel confident that you're yeah. making an impact on your team. And to me, I mean, with the receivers in this draft, what you're looking for is safety. Every team in the league should have two guys who they are confident starting because there are so many options at receiver. I mean, you look through the numbers. I mean, it is deep. You can run all the way down to the bottom of the top 20, like guys still getting 
70 catches, over 1,000 oh, yards, sure, sure. Uh, six touchdowns. You know, there, there are so many of these guys that you just can't blow it by drafting somebody who consistently gets hurt, who has the up-and-down games. You just need to lock those two spots down. That's what I see here. It's not worth taking the gambles on other guys. Just make sure you are not the one guy in your league who can't get two receivers who are capable of playing. It's almost going to be statistically impossible to some extent. A lot of mocks I do, if you get antsy to take a wide receiver, almost always regret it. Because yep. uh, two rounds later, I feel like, oh, man, I already loaded up on one receiver, but there's still these guys. So Julio Jones, I agree, is super safe, and he's one of my guys. He's 80, I've seen him ADP as low as fifth. To me, he's the clear-cut number two. Love that offense. Touchdown regression is going to happen. Targets won't decrease much. I know the criticism is his average yard per reception has decreased, but at 14 yards per reception, he was still higher than just about every other top receiver in the league. He was really an outlier in that still. So, yeah, he's not Michael Thomas, who I know you want to get to, Hank. Yeah. But you could do a lot worse than Julio Jones as the clear-cut second. He's kind of the Zeke Elliott of the wide receivers. He's almost in a tier of his own at that second spot. Yep. And uh, you know what? Let's dig into Michael Thomas. So the way that we kind of went about uh, going through all the guys we wanted to talk about today, we each just picked five guys who by ADP are in the top 20. And we each picked five guys who are outside the top 20 ADP as sleepers who we think that you should be yep. open-minded with or take if you have an opportunity and he fits on your roster. Uh, one of the guys who I said uh, is one of my guys is Michael Thomas. And that was just because he is so clearly the best receiver in fantasy terms, at least, in the NFL. You, you look at the production. I mean, the catches are unbelievable. So I just ran through the numbers and looked at the, the best, the fifth best, the 10th best, and the 20th best and just tried to see where there is some variability. When you look at the catches, he had 149 catches last season. The fifth most catches of any receiver 99 there were only four receivers who had 100 catches last year yeah. like if you're in a ppr league michael thomas to me is right up there i i wouldn't mind taking him with a yeah how high pick. would you go fifth i huh? think i i think i could right talk now myself with kamara fifth. exactly exactly now with kamara you could talk yourself into him in the fifth he is just that oh, much man. of a plus it just, player. It just goes back to our point from last show of, don't you hate those picks in the middle of the first, though? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. But you're right. You could do a lot worse than Michael Thomas. I mean, I think only Julio Jones had more targets last year than Michael Thomas had receptions. Yeah, I Let believe it. Let that sink in. I mean, he had 185 targets. Like, you just can't compete with that. So, yeah. Um, oh man, I'm gonna have such a hard time placing him in my overall board. It's hard. It really yeah, he's, is hard. He's certainly the only legitimate top ten talent of this wide receiver class, mm -hmm. and yeah, I think he's closer to that six seven spot. Yeah, that's fair. I, I think that you know, to me, he just is a lock. He's a guy who you can trust. Um, let's move on to another one of these guys. Do you yeah. want to go through another one of mine, or do you want to? Let's do yours because I like the next guy on your list. All right, and that I mean, next guy I like on the list. Talk is, uh, I believe, Chris Godwin. That's right. And uh, here's why. Because Chris Godwin is... Second highest producer in fantasy of any wide receiver oh, last yeah. season. Yeah. He, he, he was incredible last season. Mm -hmm. He was very good the season before. Um, you know, you can look back. 
with the touchdowns, you know, that's one of the things to me that I think kind of gets overrated with receivers just because there is so much fluctuation. You look through the list of guys who finished in the top 10 touchdowns last year, year before, not a whole bunch of crossover. In the top 20, he is one of like the seven guys who there was some crossover and he ranked up toward the top. We've now seen this for two years, which is big for me. And I think he fits a lot better with Tom Brady than Mike Evans does. And so I think the separation between Godwin and Evans is going to grow this that year. That has increased, yes. Yes, because Godwin is the route runner. He's the guy who consistently gets yeah, open. He's yeah. the guy who you play in the slot. He's kind of the Julian Edelman. They do. Him. They do. He, he's not a standard slot, but he can play in the slot, and they'll do a lot of motion. They'll kind of move him around in the backfield. Just manufacturing touches for him because he's such a great yak weapon. And you're right. A guy like that fits Brady so nicely. So you got to like him a lot more than Mike Evans. Mm-hmm. The only concerns is the numbers game of having fewer than, you know, Jameis led the league in passing yards last year with 5,100. Brady's not doing that, right? He's nope. done it once in his career. We know he's not going over 5,000 this year. So how much is Evans's share going to drop with Brady throwing for potentially 1,000 yards less? And how much is that going to cut into Godwin's shares? I really do think it's going to cut into Mike Evans. You know, I do, too. You, I do, too. Brady but. doesn't have a great deep ball. Especially he at doesn't. this point he in doesn't. his career, you're not going to see him pushing him downfield nearly as much. No, that's and true. more often than not, that's Mike Evans who's going deep and not Chris Godwin. Yeah, yeah. That's I also correct. think that uh, you know Mike Evans is the type of guy that he's really good at contested catches. Yes. But he doesn't get a ton of separation. Yep. Uh, Jameis Winston was, uh, you know, for better or for worse, <laughs> he was yeah. notorious for really just pushing the ball mm-hmm. into tight situations. I mean, he had... What, 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions, one of the only quarterbacks to ever do that? He might oh, yeah. be the only one to ever do mm-hmm. it uh, because he was just so risky with the football, whereas Tom Brady is going to be a lot more risk-averse than that. So if Mike Evans can't get that separation, he's not going to be getting the targets that he's used to seeing, and you're going to be left hanging with what would potentially be your wide receiver one, maybe your second-round pick right there. So yeah, that's another guy sure. that, yeah, I'm very much staying away from Mike Evans. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've been back and forth with Mike Evans. He's still in my top, like, eight. Um, because I, he will win one, one-on-ones outside and, you know, he's not Tyreek Hill where, or T.Y. Hilton where he's just a deep threat, but those concerns are very real. I'm with you. And Godwin, I'm, I have my concerns just because they're, the math isn't going to work out the way it mm-hmm. did last year, but I still think he's, you could do a lot worse. Like he's a legit top five talent in this wide receiver class. He's kind of legit top three for me. Yeah. So I'm with you. He's a good hour guy to have here as kind of an outlier. Let's move along to my next guy. That's Tyler Lockett. Mm, Uh, Love him. We share him as one of our guys. He is incredibly efficient. First of all, you have to like the stability. Going back there with Russell Wilson, yes. you know, Chris Carson, right back. There's there's so much that is the same. It'd be so easy to just say what happened last year is going to happen again. And if that happens, you're going to be very happy. Yep. Like I said, incredibly efficient. He caught 74.5% of his targets last year. Michael Thomas was the only other player to have 1,000 receiving yards and a better catch percentage as a receiver. That is what you're looking for. That is so consistent. He's also one of the few players who's had or was in the top 20 in the league in touchdowns in each of the last two seasons. Over the last two seasons, 18 touchdowns. Tyreek Hill is the only player with more with 19. That's crazy. And it's mm-hmm. because he's such a big play weapon in that offense that really likes to attack vertically with the passing game. Tyler Lockett's huge in that. But as he gets a little older and Metcalf maybe takes over that deep threat. Yep. 
I think he might increase his receptions and targets as kind of more that safety blanket over the middle of the field, which almost adds more value in a sense. Because, mm -hmm. um, yeah, the big plays are nice, but it can get a little feast or famine -y when I've got a guy who's racking up those receptions because he's more of a safer route runner. That almost works out better sometimes. So I totally I'm agree. with you. I love Lockett. Feels very safe. He's borderline top 10 for me. You can get him as outside, almost outside of the top 20 right now, ADP-wise, just among receivers. So, Yep. Uh, let's move along to my next guy. That's Cooper Cup uh, mm. from uh, Los Angeles. Also, FCS. from Big Sky Country, yeah. uh, the uh, Eastern Washington Eagles. We'd hate them, but whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I really like him for a bunch of reasons. I think that he is being underrated. Uh, you know, you look back. Uh, last year, he was seventh in points per game. Uh, the year the year before, he was 15th. In that time, he hasn't missed a game. So it's not like those are numbers you cherry pick and say, well, you see the efficiency when he's on the field. That's not the case. My favorite part, though, is that the touchdown numbers make you feel safe. You don't feel like you need the touchdowns to come with somebody like Cooper Cup. Uh, year before last, he had six touchdowns. Last year, he had 10. You, you, you let him regress back to that six if you feel like that's a more accurate representation of who he is. He's still 15th in points per game last season, which ties him with Amari Cooper. The the stats I have, he was the fourth highest scoring wide receiver in all fantasy last year. I believe it. Only reason he's not on my guy list is when the, like kind of past the midway point last year for the Rams offense, as they figured some things out offensively and almost made the playoffs as a nine and seven team. And Jared Goff was top five in passing yards. So there's a lot of, Air, yards in that aerial attack to be had. Robert Woods is the guy that once the offense took over started to be the higher point getter. And you're seeing that in ADP where they're kind of like neck and neck with each other just outside of the top 10. Mm -hmm. And I kind of like them equally. As a pure player, I probably like Cup a little better. But what happened last year towards the end where Woods took over a bit scares me just a smidge for him not to be one of my guys, but he's firmly in my top 20. You could do a lot worse. Yep. I mean, from if he's your wide receiver too, you're happy as hell. Yeah, yep. from uh, from an injury standpoint as well, Cooper Cup has more of an injury history than Robert Woods. So yeah, Robert Woods true. has that consistency that you really like to see. Um, but he still has big game ability as well. He's got a couple games here over 30 points. So um Robert Woods is one of my guys, um, and I think that's to the detriment of Cooper Cup. Um, but either one, I think, is still going to be solid for wide receiver two. I don't know if I would really want them as my wide receiver one necessarily. Fair. Um, but Robert Woods, as a guy who is kind of like the 1B to Cooper Cup's 1A on an offense like that, uh, I think there's a lot of potential there for both of them. So Yeah, and they're, they're being drafted as ADP 19 and ADP 20. Mm-hmm. And, and Robert Woods was very close to making my list, like, too. Draft your first tight end. Draft your third running back before you waste a pick. Because, like, that's great value, guys. It is. There are 2,000-yard receivers in an offense that went over for uh, 4,500 yards in the air. So you can't go wrong with that. Who else you got on your list? Huh? Uh, next up, Cortland Sutton. That rounds out my guys in the top 20. It was really hard. He wasn't somebody who I thought I was going to have on there. But then... You just go through and you look at the numbers and say, you know what? Last year, he was 21st in receptions. He was 17th in yards. Mm -hmm. He was 20th in touchdowns. So he's a fringe top 20 receiver. Uh, that, that puts him pretty firmly in wide receiver two territory. Mm. And then you just think of where this offense could go. 
First of all, you just replaced Joe Flacco with Drew Locke. Does yeah. that bump mm -hmm. him up a couple of spots in all those? Just the fact that Drew Locke, no matter how poorly this season goes for this offense, nobody's going to stop Drew Locke from just throwing deep balls to Cortland Sutton because that's what he naturally is as a quarterback. I think that that's a perfect fit fantasy-wise. I think that you're kind of insulated from the variability of the Broncos' offense just because that is what they will go back to. That deep ball to Cortland Sutton will not go away no matter what. Um, and, and then you say, you know what? This offense could be good. You could see oh, him yeah. be uh, the number one receiver of a top, 12 offense in the NFL and all of a sudden he's looking like a steal if you can get him as the 20th receiver off the board the 18th receiver off the board yeah I just where he's going as ADP 15 and he was the 19th best fantasy receiver last mm -hmm. year so that's fair value yeah um and in Broncos leagues are people overdrafting him that's where because there's some feaster. There is that. I, I just worry he's a little more feaster family with Judy in the mix. But Interesting. Hamler's got that hamstring injury, so maybe they won't be as three receiver heavy as we thought coming into the year. So maybe not. Uh, do you want to jump in one. to your top twenty guys now? Yeah, let's. Um, we've already mentioned a couple, and I love that we've uh, we, we've touched on some already. The next guy we haven't talked about on my list though is Adam Thielen who obviously had injuries last year, and Stefan Diggs has moved along. Uh, just a year prior when Thielen wasn't dealing with injuries, you were looking at uh, you know over 100 targets, over uh, just under 1,400 receiving yards. Uh, he's not going to be super touchdown dependent. So he's been productive in this offense with that quarterback, and he's only solidified his hold on the, the passing attack. You know, Justin Jefferson I like, but... He's not the end-all, be-all, and him and Thielen kind of do some of the similar things. So I think he'll take a minute to kind of work off of Thielen. So I think Thielen's a lock. I think he's a top-10 lock, and if you can get him to stay healthy, he's probably going to perform like a top-five guy. Yeah, and, and he was the last guy I cut off my list. And the reason was because... I decided that I was going all in on consistency. You know, Cooper Cup had his injuries, but he's gone two straight years playing every game. You feel good about that. I couldn't throw Thielen on there because he is going into his age 30 season, which I don't think matters for a guy like him. That's mm -hmm. why he stayed on so long. But he did miss six games last year, and he only put up 418 yards on 30 catches yeah. in the 10 games that he did play, and that scares me. I still think I am really bought in. I don't necessarily think that Diggs leaving is going to help him. I think that... Interesting. Yeah, because I don't think that he's going to be on the, on the field for the same amount of time. They're going to try to force him the ball a bit, but also he is going to have the defense's entire attention on third downs. Everybody's going to be looking straight at him, and I just wonder how much of that counteracts the, the fact that you don't have somebody who's getting a bunch of targets on the other side, but that's also kind of opening you up. They were both... I mean, it was a healthy fantasy relationship they were building, you know, before last season. That's a good point. To over 1,300 yards, over 1,200 the year before that for Thielen. Like, yeah. things were going well. Yeah. I didn't want to see any change to what was happening around him. You're a little more risk of it. I get it. Um, could we place our first wager? If I Ooh. said Adam Thielen is a top 10 fantasy wide receiver next year? PPR, not PPR. You make PPR. Your pick. PPR. He's top 10 PPR. You say he's not top 10? I'll say he's not. Wow. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Although, that does scare me, I will say. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, do you want to move on to your next guy? Yeah. The next two are kind of feast or famine guys who actually were just outside the top 20 per ADP. Mm-hmm. So I kind of cheated, but I got into the my sleepers a bit early. One is Terry McLaurin, um, who, you know, took off with a bang, slowed down a little. But then with Dwayne Haskins, his former quarterback at Ohio State, who he famously didn't produce very many yards with in college, they really found a groove and he was producing a lot more. Um, you know, he's going just out. Yeah. 24th per ADP. I think he's going to be a inside the top 20 producer. Uh, if nothing else, because he's going to get you those big plays. Uh, he's going to be the number one target. And I think they're starting it. It was less feast or famine towards the end of the year and more like sustainable production and touches. So I really like McLaurin just have loved them as a product. AJ Brown's another guy who came on like gangbusters. Um, I think he's the only guy in the league last year to have had over a thousand yards with fewer than 60 receptions and uh, certainly fewer than nowhere close to a hundred targets, which is kind of the, the norm for all these top guys. Now that he's got Tannehill, now that that offense has kind of found a way to work, I think AJ Brown's stock is just going to keep rising. I think he's going to firmly be a top 20 producer. I wouldn't be surprised if he snuck into the top 10 the way he was trending towards the end of last year, you know, Mm -hmm. and he doesn't need a lot of touches. He can kind of, the touches he gets, he makes the most out of it. I believe he led the league with 20 yards per reception last year. That's insane. And that plays really well in standard leagues. You know, the the reason why I kind of shied away from both those two guys is because I have my mind a little bit more on the PPR. uh, Great point. 58 catches for Terry McLaurin last year. If you are in a standard league, yeah, it's it's probably a good move. It Great does point. scare me a little though in PPR, especially yeah. with the quarterbacks they have. Even even Tannehill, you know, we did see him play sure. his best football of his career. We've also seen him play very bad football in his career. It's true. That's my top five inside the top twenty ADP guys. Um, so we kept it pretty chill. You said a couple that I had, guy. You had Julio in yours. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, Robert Woods was one of mine that I had in there. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, Terry McLaurin, which we've already gone over. Yep. Uh, Kenny Dal- Galladay, I'm very big on. Yeah, tell That's us about Galladay. Because I Detroit's one of the top five passing offenses I want to buy. I like Galladay, but man, he's going like ADP ninth. Uh, so I, I need to be sold a little because he's not a he's not a brand name, and he was a surprise draft pick in the second round. I'm I'm happy to admit it. So uh, you turn me into a believer, guy. Yeah, I mean this is a Huckett Chuckett offense. They've got you know a history of very bad running. Uh, they don't have a good defense, <laughs> true. Uh, so they're gonna be playing a lot of catch up, and they're gonna be airing it out a lot. They got Matt Stafford who loves to air it out. And he's got a good rapport with Kenny Galladay. When we talk about uh, COVID affecting seasons, um, there are a lot of offenses yeah. where they have, um, you know, new guys. They're featuring rookies. Yep. Um, maybe they have a new quarterback. Maybe they have a new OC. Maybe the new head coach. Whatever it is, they've got to figure out a new system, and they don't have a lot of time to get things figured out. There's a lot of uncertainty going into those offenses. The Lions are really not one of those offenses, at least in the passing sense. They know exactly what they are, and they know who they have, and they have rapport between all those guys, between Marvin Jones, yeah. Matt Stafford, and yeah. Kenny Galladay, and they love to chuck the ball. Kenny Galladay, he's got the skill. He's got the size. He doesn't get injured. He's 
for me, like as consistent as it gets, and he still has a very high ceiling. He's drafted as the wide receiver nine. He finished as the wide receiver nine. Yeah, so exactly. You're really drafting him. You know what you're getting with and him. You're not drafting him young. above his ceiling, mm-hmm. but he has he has he has potential for more, and he has a very safe floor as well. So he's a guy that I really want. And uh, and there are some leagues where you're gonna get him at a much better price than ADP. Not ninth. a name brand guy. He is guy. not a name brand guy. So I'm almost surprised to see where he's going for ADP because I think in most leagues, you can let people snooze on him for a sec and then pounce yeah. and maybe get him like a round later than where he should go. And like I said, when we were doing running backs, um, when you're drafting guys and you're kind of, you're balancing their ADP versus how they might have finished on a yearly basis in the year before, yeah. uh, I think it would be a mistake to look at this and say, well, if I draft him as the wide receiver nine and he finishes as wide receiver, you know, 12, then I've failed. Yeah, you know, yeah. that's not the way to look at it. There's just so much uncertainty with guys around him that I push him up a little bit higher because he's more consistent. I'm not saying he's going to finish as, you know, a wide receiver three, even though I would take him as my personal wide receiver three. Wow. It means that I think he has a higher guarantee to finish in that top 10 than a lot of the other guys around him. And maybe you're going to get a surprise that's lower down in the rankings that just blows up and finishes, you know, slightly above him. But at that point, like these are lottery picks and you know, there's a lot of risk involved with those guys, whereas there isn't as much risk involved with Kenny Galladay. And like I said, in my first couple rounds, I'm valuing consistency and a high floor, but still potential for more, exactly. more than I am valuing you know, a guy like a Tyreek Hill who could potentially finish as the wide receiver one, but could also finish somewhere down in like, I don't know, the 30s, 40s, if he misses as much time as he did last season, where he missed, yeah. I think, five games last season, and he had those boomer bust weeks. I mean, that's a guy that really could lose your season, whereas Kenny Galladay is not going to be that guy. So he's not as flashy, like you said, as a Julio Jones, a DeAndre Hopkins, a Michael Thomas, something like that. But his consistency, yeah, the volume he's going to be seeing... And in a year like this, where you're valuing guys who can A, stay healthy, and B, who are already part of a very cohesive offensive unit that knows what they are and have a set identity, I value that so much in this season specifically. What scares me about Kenny Galladay, though, is that he was 13th last year in points per game, and he led the league in touchdowns. Like, that's one of those situations where you're you got to expect maybe a little bit of regression. It's also true he didn't have Matthew Stafford for the entire oh, season. I was just and maybe, about to say huge. that. And may, maybe uh, having him back is going to make up for the likely maybe. regression. Like, he's not going to lead the t- league in touchdowns again, you know? Yeah, and he's but he's going to get more receptions to make game. up for that touchdown regression. I'm saying that he's he's quarterback-proof. That's how good he is, is he can still produce That's, with a bad I mean, quarterback throwing him the ball. So all those things considered... He's still consistent. You can look at that. You can discount a guy like, oh, well, that doesn't, you know, it's unfair that he kind of dropped in those stats because, you know, the quarterback got injured. So you have to count that in there. But he was still first in touchdowns. I'm still like that's coming back down. That's coming back down. But Matthew Stafford could play more games and then you're going to get more receptions to go with that more yards. So it's going to it's going to negate all of that is what I'm saying. And outside the top 15, Hank, outside the top 15. Yeah, let's go. You want to bet on this? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. What do you want to bet? Hey, top fifteen. Top fifteen. Oh my god! I'm not. I'm not gonna top twelve. Uh, what's his ADP? I'll say it goes below ADP. Nine. Okay, his ADP is wide receiver nine. So nine's uh, a push. Let's 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 do ten. I'll take the top. Let's 10. say you ten's a push. Okay. You win top ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You okay, win top, top 10. ten. Perfect. Like right. my. Well, that's in the book. Who's yeah. your next guy? We got hurry. 
Yeah, well, we'll make it quick. I mean, I don't really have to go into too much detail on a lot of these guys either. Um, I got Robert Woods on there, which we already described. Uh, DJ Moore, um, which we haven't really talked about uh, yet, but I think yeah. That so new quarterback, new offense. That doesn't scare you too much because where he was playing without Cam Newton for most of last season, so he was yeah. already playing with bad quarterback play, and he was still producing. Again, he's got the size, he's got the speed. Uh, he's got good hands. He can get separation. He's also good with contested balls. I think he's got all the hallmarks you're looking for in terms of talent. Um, Teddy Bridgewater, he's not a guy that's really going to throw the ball deep as much. But I think uh, DJ Moore is still a guy that um, he's not operating solely on the outside, right? So he's still going to see a lot of opportunities in that offense. Um, he's really good with the yak, the yards after catch. Mm -hmm. So I think that that factors a lot in there as well. Um, so, yeah. All right. I don't have to go too far. What's your next one? That. Uh, that's pretty much it for my top 20 right there because I had Terry McLaurin as well. All right. Um, and then a guy which this is borderline. Um, we got Andre describing him as a uh, outside a sleeper outside the top 20, but I like him so much I have him in the top 20. Yep. That's DJ Chark for me. All right. Love him. Yeah. He's basically McLaurin and AJ Brown. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. he's got some feast or famine, big play stuff. He's quarterback proof, which McLaurin, Chark are. Brown, I'm more counting on the Tannehill relationship continuing. I think Chark's another steal in the top 25 who's going to give you basically inside the top 20 value. Yeah, and, and let's he's look always at produced. His offenses have been garbage. He's always produced. This is the first time you'll have the same quarterback. Like yeah. him with Minshew yeah. again, I think Chark's going to go off, man. So they, I love DJ Chark. Yeah, so they already have some chemistry there. In the wake of this Leonard Fournette news, I mean, who else is going to threaten him for catches? They don't have a tight end that I know of. I don't even know who the rest of their wide receivers are. It's him, and that's like it on that offense. He's going to be seeing so much volume there, and they have such a bad defense. They've got guys like Yannick Ngakwe, who took a $6 million hit to go play for another team. Oh, People are just like fleeing Jacksonville right now, mm -hmm. and uh, that defense is going to be horrible. So they're going to be trying to play catch up a lot, and they're going to be airing the ball out a ton. Gardner Minshew is not afraid to try to force the ball into spaces. He had very low interception numbers last year, which that figures to go back up a little bit. Um, he's good with his feet, so he's still a threat um, to the linebackers, and he can uh, cause some mismatches in the secondary, uh, open things up for his wide receivers there. So I think DJ Chark, with the amount of volume he's going to see, the talent, um, and he's got that, that uh, rapport already with Gardner Minshew, I think he's a good pick there. All right, Completely before we jump into our uh, outside the top 20 guys, which we're going to fly through in a game, um, we are going to take a quick second to give a shout-out to DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app in the United States. If you haven't signed up yet, my goodness, you got to get in there, especially if you're a Nuggets fan because we've been making a lot of money. Yeah, and today they've got a special Jamal Murray prop where you're making a dollar on every point Jamal scores. If you put like $27 plus on the Nuggets, again, that's just free money. It is. Um, the way Jamal's been going off, you can get into all these props. I mean, we're about to do DMVR bets as soon as we're done with this, so we'll dig into all of that. You can also special offer, sorry to cut you off, Hank, oh, and jump good. into your read. <laughs> you can take the Chiefs to lose by fewer than 101 points week one of the NFL which I'm telling you guys, I think is a guarantee. <laughs> um, and it's a $50 max bet, and you're going to win 50 basically. So yeah. there's another free 50 I mean, there's no better time to join uh, the, the good folks at DraftKings Sportsbook, truly. And the way I do that is throw your 50 bucks on there, 
and uh, use that to pay for a $50 bet on the Texans to win that game at plus 385 or whatever, and then just go crazy and really enjoy watching the Chiefs choke on the first night of the season. Beautiful. Pay for that bet. Make a whole bunch of money if the Texans win. Sounds great. And you can sign up for the uh, DraftKings Sportsbook app. And for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, uh, you must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Other terms and conditions or restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Here's how we're going to do this. We're short on time, and so we're each going to take turns. We're going to go through all five of our outside the top 20 guys. 30 seconds to give your pitch why this guy should get drafted. Yeah, exactly. 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 My first one's DJ Chark. So oh, I'll we already did that. Already. Yep. Okay. Well, my first one is Julian Edelman, and here's why you should draft him. First of all, average draft position, 34th, which is crazy because in PPR leagues last year, he was the number 10 receiver. In standard leagues, he That's was true. 22. There were five guys with at least 100 catches uh, in the entire NFL. One of them was Christian McCaffrey running back. Uh, the others were Michael Thomas, Keenan Allen, DeAndre Hopkins, Julian Edelman. This offense is not changing at all. Honestly, I think Cam Newton is going to fit better in there. Oh, the only difference is that now we finally give the best offensive minds the power of the read option. My oh, goodness. My That's going to actually be huge. But Julian Edelman's going to keep doing the same stuff. All right, Dre, who's the first one you want to talk about? Devontae Parker. He is quarterback proof. And he was a top 20 performer per fantasy last year alone. That offense is only getting better. His quarterback play will either be the same or better because it'll be Tua Tagovailoa. I just think he's an extremely safe pick with still a lot of room to grow from the 1,000-yard receiver we saw him break out as last year. So I really like Devontae Parker. Always have, frankly. Mm -hmm. Guy? Uh, guy. Pick one. 30 seconds. Guy is all about the boomer bust vets late in the draft. And I like it. It's not it's not a bad strategy. And at least you're consistent with that. You both you guys both have a different Bengals. No, I've got Tyler Boyd, and that's where we're going next. So Tyler Boyd, a lot of the same things apply. He's been successful. I think this offense will get better under Joe Burrow. At the very least, you're giving yourself an opportunity to capitalize it. We're gonna get into this with Christian Kirk. I'm not buying into that Cardinals offense early, but I will sprinkle it. I will sprinkle a little bit on this Bengals offense with Joe Burrow. Tyler Boyd has been very good. He was the 18th ranked receiver last year in PPR leagues. Uh, the year before, he was 17th. He's getting drafted too late. He's of good value, uh, and I think that it's worth taking a shot on him. Okay, my next sleeper is, uh, I mean, it's crazy to call him a sleeper, but DK Metcalf, another guy yeah. who was just scra scratching the surface last year. I'm a big believer in that Seattle offense and especially how their vertical passing offense that all works off of the play action really fits his skills as a deep threat. Last year, he flirted with a thousand yard season. This year, I think he gets it solidly and is another of these guys who you're getting more in that ADP out of the top 25, that's firmly going to be a top 20 producer. So, All right. Uh, I'll jump in with Christian Kirk up next. As I mentioned to start this show, he was borderline for me. I almost put him on my list. Four or the Cardinals had four or five receivers on the field 33% of the time. It's constant. They're going to pass the ball a lot. I'm not scared away by the fact that he could be the wide receiver three. It's an air raid offense. Uh, it's the most in the league that that's happening. And also, I think there's potential for this offense to be really good. As I said, not willing to buy into 
Kyler Murray early or Kenyon Drake early or DeAndre Hopkins early. Two. No, oh, give me these late shares. Give me the sprinkle. All I need is the profit. If this guy can come through and be a wide receiver two for me, I'm happy. And there's reason to believe. 25th in targets last year. 68 catches. Only three touchdowns with 709 yards. He only played 13 games. Here's the thing, though. In the red zone, he was targeted 12 times. Caught 11 of those. 64 yards, only one touchdown. He's going to score more touchdowns this season. He's also the gadget guy, and Cliff Kingsbury is going to run a lot of those gadget plays. I like him. Uh, I think, basically, I might draft just wide receivers who are in that 20 to 30 ADP range because that's kind of... That's kind of the sweet spot. Another guy I have is Michael Gallup. That's another offense I'm buying in heavily in Dallas where uh, Dak almost threw for 5,000 yards last year. And I think with uh, McCarthy, that's kind of the plan again. I think there's enough mouse, there's enough yardage to feed all those mouths between Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb being added. And Michael Gallup, that kid's talented. He's been playing really well. I think he's just going to get more and more opportunities. And he's one of two CSU wide receivers we have on our sleepers. Quickly, uh, I want to throw in there that uh, the Cowboys, I'm not buying into them as much in PPR leagues, but in the standard leagues where touchdowns are even more valuable, I'm going to buy into that offense because they're going to be scoring a lot of them. We have three different sleeper receivers that are on the Texans. Yep. I'll jump in with my... So, yeah. <laughs> I'll jump in with mine next. That's Kenny Stills. Here's why. So, I said earlier that Tyler Lockett is incredibly efficient. 74% of his targets, he caught. Only Michael Thomas, like I said, had 1,000 yards and a better catch percentage. That's 74.5%. Kenny Stills was at 72.7%. 561 yards, 13 games, 5 starts. That's very few opportunities, but when he was on the field, good things happen. That's why you can trade a guy like DeAndre Hopkins because you have somebody like Kenny Stills who you trust waiting in the wings. It's not going to be the same thing, uh, but I do think that he would be my bet out of this group to be a worthy at least a, a, as a flex play. I'll, I also want to add uh, Godwin's uh, Debo Samuel Cooper Cup all just behind him in that uh, catch percentage, which I think is a big thing. Yeah, to me it's Will Fuller who's been the key to this passing offense for a while now um he's just never healthy but even with deandre hopkins will fuller and his ability to stretch the field and make those big plays have always been crucial and he always goes off with a couple games that'll win you a week mm -hmm. if you could ever stay healthy watch out because you're talking about you know guy said you can't draft many guys in the 40s adp 40 and get a you know potential top 10 wide receiver producer will fuller has that type of ability Will he be healthy? Probably not, but I'll enjoy those seven weeks with him, and maybe if I flip him by week seven and he gets injured week eight, it works out perfectly. So, uh, uh, But he's a great sleeper. I mean, I'm going to try and have him in most of my rosters. I'm going to jump in quickly again. Uh, so you, you mentioned earlier how, like, with Tyreek Hill, you don't get points for, like, drawing defenders and bringing everybody deep and yeah. opening things up with everybody else. That's why I decided on Kenny Stills instead of Will Fuller, even though it was, like, a conversation among all of them. Before we get out of here, I want to go on a bit of a LaVisca Chenault rant in like 15 seconds. Um, they cut Leonard Fournette. You know why? Because Bisca is going to be the power runner in that scheme. He's also going to be playing some third down stuff. He's going to be out there. Like you said, they're throwing the ball around. Gardner Minshew isn't scared of anything. Kind of, I mean, he comes from an air raid scheme. Who knows exactly what this will look like. This is going to be a perfect situation for Visca, especially in non-PPR leagues. He will get you rushing yards. I think there's a good chance he's going to be pounding the rock near the goal line. Maybe worth a late round flyer. If not, stay tuned and pick him up quickly on the waiver wire. 
Do we have a three-way wager in place where I can take you guys up on Will Fuller outproducing both Kenny Stills and Brandon Cooks? I think we all have our guy. Is that on the table? Add it to the list. All right. I think we got to jump out of here. DNVR Bets is coming up in like 10 minutes, so stay tuned for that. My guy Dre is going to give out all the picks for tonight, and after that, we're going to watch some basketball. It's going to be a great night here at the DNVR Bar. Appreciate all of you for riding with us, and we will be back on Thursday with more.